Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast on this fine 20th of April, 2023. Uh, I hope you're doing all right. I, I confess, have been a bit better before. Uh, I have some sort of gastrointestinal uh, oddity, anomaly, odd, oddity, uh, uh, I went to Chicago, I just got back from Chicago, but I was in Chicago the last three days, and I ate something there that just did not agree with me, and I I was able to go to the doctor yesterday, and I'm on the mend, but oh, it's been a bumpy ride, I tell you. Um, and, and actually, speaking of rides, it's been a really busy uh, month, I started off at uh, Dev Nexus in Atlanta, Georgia, then I went to Europe for Kotlin Conf and uh, DevOx France and the Utrecht Jug, uh, where I did a, the Utrecht Jug. It was a lot of fun. I did a double header with a uh, fellow Java champion and legend, uh, Chisha Gee, uh, who, by the by, is the guest on today's show. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, and then, and by the way, um, Kotlin Conf was, I mean, I mean, I love DevOx France, obviously, but uh, the Kotlin Conf, I haven't been back there in, um, in a while. And uh, even before the pandemic, I don't, I don't think I spoke there for a couple of years before the pandemic, whereas DevOx France, I did every year. And this is my first year back. It was great to go back to DevOx France to see all my old friends. Really great audience, great community, great everything. Uh, but also, I, we had a ton of fun at CotlinConf. James Ward and I did, and, uh, uh, you know, they made us feel extra welcome. Um, it was just great to be back in both at both shows. Uh, I just want to thank... Um, uh, everybody for just basically making it as easy a, as possible for us to, to get there and to, to to be on at the right times and all that. So I just, really great show. Great to see all these people hang out with great community members, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there was that. Then I got back uh, and then I went to Chicago and now I'm here. And then uh, India next week for Developer Summit uh, in Bangalore. And then after that, I go to uh, at least London, UK, uh, Athens, Greece, and uh, Barcelona, Spain for DevOps UK, DevOps Greece, and uh, and uh, Spring IO. And then uh, and then my kid graduates. My kid my kid graduates high school. She's going to college. I cannot believe, uh, you know, it's already here. It's so quickly, time has flown so very quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then of course I, I will be in Asia in the summer and, uh, you know, I might be coming to a local Java user group near you. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll be in Asia next week, but I might be coming to, um, you know, more East Asia, um, in the summer. So, uh, I don't know the details yet. Well, I'll surely let you know as soon as I do. Um, but, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, in the meantime, my friends, like I said, we have an extra special guest. Uh, today we have Trisha Gee, a fellow Java champion, a luminary, a legend, one of the, uh, uh, you know, a new uh, advocate over at Gradle. And, um, you know, just an all-around amazing human being. I cannot wait uh, for you to, uh, you know, enjoy this episode. So, my friends, thanks for listening.
Fingers crossed. Who knows if it'll work? Fingers crossed. I don't know. Um, we should do the thing. Where's the comments? Because we might get a comment. I don't know. There we go. There oh, we look, go. we got a, we got one already. Hi. Well, Hello. <laughs> um, join today. Where are you? You, well, you got a thing. You know, that's all right. That's interesting. Your your phone's completely off, but you get like this bright message. Yes. That's it doesn't cool. vibrate and it doesn't make a noise, but I could, that's, I usually have it next to my computer. Oh, it's so that by I, your eye. I, yeah. So that I can just see if I need to pay attention to it and I can dismiss it straight away. Just ignore it. I need to, I know I, I know I have something I can ignore. Well, this is, this was a message from my husband so that I know I can just ignore that. Oh no. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So we're joined by the one, the only, the amazing, the illustrious, uh, Trisha Gee. How, how are you? I'm all right. I think just about. Oh, I know. On the mend. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit poorly. I've been a bit sick. Oh, it's, it, it's catching. It's that time. I think if it's not sick, if the, it's allergies. Yeah, God, it's just terrible. And where I'm in Seville, my allergies are just really bad. But well, I, was, I was just in England for a week and my allergies got better. Magic. Yeah, it's, it's, there's no trees there. It's all dead. I know. No. I think it's all to do with the different types of pollen, isn't it? So yeah. in Seville, it's all tree pollen and it absolutely kills me. And then yeah. in, in the UK, it's all like, well, where my dad is, it's all flowers and that's all fine. Yeah, flowers are nice. <laughs> no pollen in flowers, right? Stop and smell them if you want. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> oh, wait, what do we got this? Oh, look at that. Good evening from Dubai. Hello. Wow. Hello. Well, let me see. We got some people joining us here. Very good. Uh, hello. Hello, I, we're excited to be here too. Actually, so we are, where are we? We're in, in Amsterdam. Somebody's got to be here and <laughs> it's fitting that it's us. Uh, we're here for Utrecht Jug tonight and then you're doing the Amsterdam Jug. I'm doing the Amsterdam Jug on Thursday. Yeah. And I'm at Kotlin Conf. And we're both I'm, at Kotlin Conf. I'm not speaking, I'm just in the booth, but I'll be there. But I'll be, that's even better. You it get is fun. better. I just hang out and yeah, just have friends. Come have say fun. hello. Uh, so yeah, this is, and if you're in the Benelux area, uh, people can find you here, right? You're just in this region, right? So good. I, and I'm hoping some people. I, we have one, uh, one uh, amazing uh, community member who joins us in these these uh, live streams named Simon, and uh, he's like, he's in Belgium, which is just down the street, and he he's not coming tonight. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> um, no, but that's good. So okay, so we're gonna be doing. I don't know what the. Uh, I do these live streams. When do I normally do that? Hello from Malaysia. Hello. Good evening from Malaysia. Love Malaysia. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't know how long. I don't know. Uh, I do these live streams eight or nine my time, which I suppose is nine hours. Uh, before. So nine and nine is uh, eight and eight is 16. Three o'clock in the morning for me. Six no, p.m. it's eight hours, isn't it? Six p.m. You're, uh, well, it's, no, you said nine in the morning. Yes. My time is yes. six p.m. Six p.m. Yeah. So, so it's not even 6 p.m. This is, in order for me to do a live stream at this hour, I'd have to do it at like 6 a.m. Yes. Roughly. So, yeah. It's anyway. new for you to come in at this time, European time. Yeah. Cause, well, I mean, I've done, yeah, I think so. Because I don't think I was in Europe this whole year up until now. Although you do tend to, you tend to do these things at funny times in the morning sometimes. When you, when right. you call me, you call me and I'm like, what time is it there? It's like one o'clock in the morning. But those are pre, those are just audio only. Right. And those are like we, I put them in the in the in the can, and we use them later, right? Nobody's gonna know that I'm like there's people sleeping, you know. Like, uh, but these, you know, I can't do these live streams at weird hours, you know. And no, I suppose could. you could, but you'd get a different market. Yeah. Well, well, that's the other thing is that, so I do these live streams in the states super early, my time. I'm not a morning person, but that means that people from Asia, hi Malaysia, for example. Uh, can join it means that I catch the tail end of the workday for the for Europe. It yeah. just means that people in the three or four time zones in the Americas 
might be otherwise distracted with you know work, work and all and that stuff. yeah realities yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who needs that so anyway good you're here i can't believe it i'm so excited um you're we're, you and i are both at the utrecht how do you pronounce that word without i want to say utrecht okay I think if I was if I was trying to pronounce it in a Spanish way, it'd probably be Utrecht. Yeah, Utrecht. But it seems I would say Utrecht. Utrecht. You and I are as, as English speakers. Yeah. Utrecht, right? So I don't know. We should ask them probably before yeah. we before butcher. we butcher their, yeah. their town name. Poor 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 language. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're here. I'm so excited. We're not speak. We're not doing the same talk. No. You're doing something exciting, and I am not. What do you? What is the thing you're going to be talking about? That's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. I'm doing developer productivity engineering. Um, I feel a bit nervous about this talk because I haven't given it before. Obviously, it's new. It's all for Gradle and, um, and Gradle Enterprise. And it's, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, it's not really my talk. Oh, and it's, it's topics that I really feel very passionate about because sure. it's about productivity and how to speed things up. But a lot of, this, a lot of the ideas from the talk come from things that um, Justin Rioff, our mutual friend, right. um, has spoken about before. Um, so this is going to be really interesting because what I, it's the first time I'm going to be delivering uh, a DPE talk. So I'm going to be able to get a feel from an audience of Java developers, which is my usual audience, right. my usual audience. Like what's resonating with them? What makes sense to them? What is a problem for them? What isn't? And um, and then really what I'm hoping to do over the rest of this year is work in more live code and Java stuff into over time. I, I, uh, so I'm going to be able to say I was there in the beginning. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then you'll do, do the TED talk later this year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure. I mean, you've got if it's if it's informed by his thinking on the uh, the subject, and you have the same sentiments. It's you're already starting off on good foundations. I think it's only going to get better. It's going to be really interesting because um because you know Justin's been doing this stuff for a couple of years, a year yeah. and a half, a couple of years, and um and then I joined in the tail end of January, really first start of February. I started. Oh, right, so that's a new thing. You're now at I am now at Gradle, at Gradle. a developer advocate for Gradle Enterprise, mostly. Well, technically, I'm right. a good. I'm a good a developer advocate for developer productivity engineering right not for the product so for this um uh i keep forgetting what the word is practice of of um automating the stuff that's really painful for developers right doing things like speeding up build times and being smarter on how we run our tests and making ci a bit less like crazy and use so many resources and stuff so so that's what i'm that's what i'm doing developer advocacy for and then um Brian joined us as well just after I joined. Brian, Brian uh, Demers. 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 Amazing. And Baruch joined us as well just after that. So, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting how the three of us plus Justin are going to, I think we're all on board with this idea of DPE and this idea of trying to remove pain points for developers and automate as much as possible. We've all got a different backgrounds, like Brian's a Maven person, which is kind of cool when you go to um, you know, I'm a I'm a Java and, and Java automated testing right. AI kind of person, um, and Baruch has like a sort Froggy of big of the JFrog thing and like a, I guess like builds and releases and and yeah. cloud stuff as well. So, what's going to be interesting is how our talks where are the commonalities because we share a lot of common passions around like right. productivity and taking away pain points. And I think it'll be really interesting to see where our talks are the same and where our talks are different. I don't think we're going to be disagreeing on it. Sure. I think we'll just, our audience are going oh, that's, to be slightly that, different. That's it, right? I mean, I don't know anybody who's against right. DPE. It's like, you don't you're not have to sell anybody on this. You just show them how it'll, you know, uh, like uh, that's sort of my situation with Spring Boot. I don't really have to sell it. It's not like, a, I mean, what's the alternative, right? There's, the first time, I just you just need to show people how. The first time I saw you do Spring Boot, it blew me away because I was like, oh, right. Because people have been saying for a long time about how Java projects are difficult to get going with. 
oh, and yeah. compared to some of the stuff that I've been seeing from Ruby developers and people like that, and, oh, and you know, and with Grails and things, they just kind of get up and going all oh. the way. And so when I saw Spring Boot, I'm like, that's what we need. That's what we need. You don't need to sell it. Like you say, you just look, I just wrote something and it works. Yeah. If you know anything about Java, you're like, that's self-evidently the way to go. I'm doing this thing. Why haven't we done this before? It makes sense when you see it, but it's like, oh, okay. And, and, and Spring Boot, by the by, just for reference, it's not like we innovated all that. We've just aggregated a lot of good stuff and refined it to a point where it's useful. Right, because uh, I was using Drop Wizard before then. It was great. Which was, yeah. which was really cool as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that kind of influenced some of the design of Spring Boot as well. Uh, well un- unabashedly, and we, we it, the uh, Corda Hale even said, had Spring Boot existed when he created it, he wouldn't have created it. Right. But anyway, no, that, that, so speaking of memory and CI and all this stuff, uh, John DeGoes, he's famous in the ZIO Scala you know, uh, uh, corner of the, the community. Um, he had a blog that I think just dropped today okay. in which he talked about the need for a better build tool right. for Scala. He says the Scala build tool, SBT, is kind of a mess. Right. And he envisions that, he envisages a new build tool that had A, B, and C. And he said, okay, I prefer data over code, which, you know, it would seem to be a slight against Gradle. But then he says, um, uh, he would support and invest in and evangelize an effort to make Gradle, a, you know, a build tool for Scala that, right. you know, and he also says, and this is what I love, he says, it'd be great if there's like well-understood slots to configure things like the meta space and all that, because apparently Scala builds are notoriously memory hungry. Right. Right. Whereas I, I haven't configured memory for my job or Kotlin projects. No. I don't even know where I'd have to. Exactly. You or when I do that. To. Yeah, it just just does its thing. The the idea that my build tool is going to take up that much memory, even with Gradle, even with uh, GraalVM, right? You know, it just doesn't. You know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs because I haven't been here very long. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> but Gradle did make an acquisition recently, which is going to help. Is this in, private? No, it's public. Are you sure? I'm just checking. Just check. But I'm I'm like. 99% certain. Um, Gradle did make an acquisition. Tom. Hi, Tom. Um, which is supposed to, uh, I'm not going to check. Um, you should check. Hold on. I'm 100% sure. I don't know what I'm Googling for. Hold on. Yeah, I'll just, I'll talk to them about stuff. So, have a look. Anyway, this blog I was reading earlier. By the way, I hope that the sound is okay. We're using Crisp. Can you all hear us fairly well? Like, uh, we're there we go. being shouted down by people in the, uh, in the lobby here. Uh, but hopefully people can hear us. But in America, yeah, uh, I feel that. Um, yeah, find it. I can talk about this. Yeah, so um, Gradle, uh, Gradle acquired Triple Quote, and the idea is it's going to be to help improve build times for the Scala community. That's amazing. So the idea, I mean, Gradle Enterprise is kind of designed obviously originally with Gradle, but it also works with with Maven to help speed up uh, Java projects, JVM projects. But the goal is to help with the Scala side of things as well. That'd be so cool. Like, can you imagine Kotlin being the premier destination, the premier vehicle for Java, Kotlin, obviously, and then and then Scala? Uh, yep. And I know there's like C++ and, uh, you know, iOS and whatever. I know that's a case that's well served. Yeah, well, I think the Gradle Enterprise supports Bazel as well. Oh, my God. I'm doing a terrible job as my Gradle Enterprise uh, developer <laughs> advocacy. So that's, that's, that's just the thing, right? It's like a whole ecosystem of stuff. You don't have to, yeah. you know. I know Gradle. Um, yeah. And and I know all the stuff around DPE, but I, I'm not really a salesperson for the tool, so I don't really know the tool right. very well. Uh, uh, I, I feel like yeah, James Ward was just reminding me that there's actually a Tomble 
version of Gradle as well. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. I completely forgot. Yeah, it's, but basically it's data, not code, right? Right. So you can declaratively define your build, which is why I think that puts to bed any concerns people had about unmitigated code sprawl and customization, you know? Um, and Gradle Enterprise does support Bazel as well. It does? Yeah. Oh, 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 you mean, okay. So Gradle Enterprise supports space. Gradle Enterprise, I was going to say, what does that mean? So Gradle Enterprise, by the by, for those who don't know, is a software as a service that that plugs into your build, it watches your build, it knows what your build is doing, and it can see optimizations. Like, for example, hey, I can cache these dependencies, or you can run these things in concurrence, or right. so whatever. It, it does things like build caching. So it's not just about caching the dependencies, but it can cache it, um, outputs from the stages of the build. So if certain things haven't changed, then you don't need to rebuild that or recompile that. It can also do things like, um, like a test fan out thing, so that you could you don't have to re so that the tests can be, can be found out across various agents that are running instead of you having to do like a CI fan out. Right. Get going. Great enterprise to do it, and you can do things like and more than words for all of these things either. Um, there's a another thing which allows it to use AI to figure out which tests you need to run. Yes. You don't need to run all of them. So Crazy. it just gives you loads of amount, loads of build optimizations and you get loads of visibility over, over your build as well. So you can see like, you know, on these different agents, which version of Java was it using? What are the operating systems? What are the common build failures? And my favorite thing is uh, analysis of flaky tests. Right. I freaking hate flaky tests. Oh, they're worse. They keep me up at night. Oh, because when something falls over and, and, and dies and you're just like, I don't know if it's really failed or if I, I'm just going to rerun it 15 times. And if it passes once, then I'm fine. And I hate flaky tests. So yeah. Great Lunch Price will tell you which tests are flaky as well. And how to like condition. There's got to be like, a, I, I usually move those to like a profile. Like if everything fails, if everything works fine, then try that and keep trying that subset in the profile. Yeah. That. Um, uh, Dave Farley has a really good video on what to do about flakiness in tests. What, what does he say? I love, um, by the way, that's the continuous delivery channel. Right, which is great. So good. So good. I like, yeah, who knew he had it in him? I, I know. It just, it's just grown to be like this amazing wealth of internet uh, information on YouTube. Ah, just, yeah. I want to be Dave Farley when I grow up. Yes. Yeah, me too. We all do. Yeah, he's great. Um, Dave used to be my boss and well, I still look up to him so much. I was just like, look at you, look at you in your YouTube channel thing. So cool. So great. So he, he said something. He, his YouTube video had something like, um, God, I can't remember now either. I'm not even jet lagged. I can't remember anything. And it it's was the noise. It's distracting. Four or five sources. Uh, four or five reasons your test will fail uh, intermittently. Right. Okay. So he says there's literally only these reasons, and um, those um, there'll be things like uh, changes to underlying hardware. There'll be things like tests that are dependent upon each other. Um, data which isn't correctly uh, segmented between the tests, that right. kind of thing. I so, and then so he points out those things. And it's still going to be difficult for you to figure out why your specific test is failing. But with those things in mind, you can start like um, having a scientific investigation into, is it the data? Right. Is it the hardware? Were there some changes on CI at the same time that that thing? So it gives you a better uh, readout, like analysis on pinning those things down? Well, that, I mean, that's what that's what Dave's video does. And what um, Gradle Enterprise does is it gives you the the information for what happens when that test and uh, when what that test, when that test ran. So you could use that along with what Dave says to kind of perhaps figure out what's wrong with your flaky test. Okay, that is super cool. So basically, watch that video, then buy Gradle Enterprise. Yes, that's that's the message here. Yeah. Good, goodbye, everybody. Have a good day. Uh, no, uh, so yeah, okay. Gradle Enterprise is this, and then a lot of it. You said AI. 
this is that was some AI in it. There's AI before ChatGPT. It's it's the uh, non Skynet variety right. of AI. Yeah, I mean, Justin says the the proper words for what type of AI it is, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I actually studied AI at university. Yeah, my degree is in computer science and artificial intelligence. Oh. But um, I graduated in 2001. Before the computers got scary. Before computers were invented. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, my AI knowledge is enormously out of date. Ah, it's okay. It's, I think, it's growing by leaps and bounds, and now the computers are helping themselves. I know. Uh, Skynet-wise. Skynet, yeah. It's not great. Um, flaky test analysis equals less nightmares equals more sleep, which Tom Cools likes. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Um, yeah, so Glenn Enterprise is... Not the only thing that can help you with developer productivity engineering. Right. Developer productivity engineering, like I said, is the practice of optimizing your pipeline. Yeah, right? like automating what can be automated, optimizing yeah. stuff. One of the things I found really interesting when I started looking at DPE is the statement that developers will put up with an awful lot of crap before they start complaining, which sounds weird because you sort of think of developers as, even, <laughs> as complaining about stuff like, I don't know, tabs versus spaces, and we get into IDE wars and right. stuff like that. But when it comes to things like, Build times, test times, situation cycles. Like we're just like, well, you know. Do you remember that dark period in the Java community's history called the tab troubles? Very bad time. Yeah. Those tab troubles. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I wiped them from my memory. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um so yeah, so we put up with, we feel passionately about a bunch of stuff, which we think impacts our productivity, like IDEs, for yeah. example. Um, but when it comes to things like the build tool chain, we're just kind of put up with crack. We just put up with, oh, it's a 40 minute build time. Oh. And you think, and you, you feel like, oh, I don't really have time to fix this. But you think if you've got a 40 minute build time, let's say local builds I'm talking about, you get a 40 minute build time down to a uh, 30 minute build time. Yes. You saved yourself, <laughs> you run that thing four or five times a day. Yeah. You saved yourself an hour. Yeah. No, you can invest a couple of hours saving an hour every day. Yeah. And but we do get I don't think it's lazy, we get blind, very blind to these spots which are really not yeah. helping our productivity, you know? Right. And and we can sort of think it's fine because while that's doing its thing, I'll have a coffee or I'll check this or I'll do my email or I'll start another thing. Right. But this context switching is the thing that kills us. So bad. Like you know what flow is like. You yeah. want to be in the flow, you want to run your tests and go, Oh great, that's fine. Or oh no, that broke, I'm gonna do this. You don't want to run the test and go like, well, I'll go off and have a coffee and lunch right. and an ice cream and come back and go, oh, test failed. Uh, I can't what I was doing. Yeah. I like that. Or why I did it. Yeah. Or was it a flaky test? Oh, gosh. Uh, so um, J-Rebel, I think. You remember J-Rebel? Yes. Uh, I, they, look, I don't think you can do what they were doing as well as the way they did it. But what they were doing uh, hello, Alexander. What they were doing was saving you minutes right. in reload time. Reload times, yes. And they even told you, "Hey, we saved you this much time per oh, day, yeah. or whatever." And that number, I was, I was, because I was like, abstractly, how much faster is this actually? But then you, it'll tell you even for like Spring Boot apps, which are fast. You know, my, I, it takes a second, nearly a second for yeah. we we set my app. It, it used to tell me back then. It was like, oh, we saved you this many minutes this today or whatever. I'm like. Or even more, and then you think about like oh, like WebSphere or something uh, a little more ordinary, you know. Yeah. Uh, just the real it, the numbers tell you a story, and you're like, well, that makes sense. I want to eliminate that. I'll pay for that. That's, yes, please. That's what DP is actually really. Um, it's a nice thing to do, to evangelize, really, because the numbers do tell the story. You can literally take those times that you saved 
times it by the salary of your developers and hey presto there's a return on investment yeah like it, you just because your developers even if they're working on something else are not effective on that other thing they're working and we and we all agree you shouldn't waste developers time to pointless meetings right but we don't have the same uh, rigor about, about eliminating wasting build wasteful build times you know build times test times uh, yeah you know, ci yeah, exactly. any of that sort of thing uh oh, we've got some nice messages here my regards to the belgian jug i don't think we're going to the belgian jug but we could but we could we're just down the street we'll go um we'll go for devops belgium heck yeah let's do it that wait uh, yeah that'd be fine uh, november right yeah September, October? Sometimes. They moved after COVID. All the conferences yeah. moved around, and now I don't know where they are anymore. Do they even bother having it that month? If there's no Belgium? Who knows? No, right. Do, speaking of things that uh, no. Uh, well, first, let's see. What about this question? This question. Yes. Would you say that remote dev environments um, are important and focus on DPE? Right. So... Because I'm quite new to DPE and new to Gradle Enterprise, my idea of, of DPE, of, of developer productivity engineering, is probably a bit broader than, than where Gradle's come from. Gradle tends to focus on build and test time. Sure. Right? But my idea of DPE is a lot of this sort of thing. Gitpod, I think, is a really good example. I actually interviewed for Gitpod when I was looking for my next job, so I kind of had a look at what they were doing. Gitpod, that's so cool. Because basically, it's it's all about productivity. Let's just automate this and make this repeatable and not worry about all this setup crap. Um, and and what you were talking about in terms of startup and WebSphere and things like that, I was just playing around with um, S and React, which I'm not familiar with React. Um, I haven't used web technology since Angular 2. No wonder you're still happy. Yes, I know. But one of the things that does is it's constantly running, right? Constantly refreshing. And you just type code into your IDE and, right. and the UI just reflects what the changes that you make. Instantly, yeah. And that, is, that is DP, right? right? That's developer productivity engineering sure. because that's just using automation to get fast feedback as fast as you can possibly get it. And why do we care about fast feedback? Because the faster we learn from our mistakes, the faster our thing gets better, the faster we make customers happy and hopefully profit you know exactly some definition it of keeps us in the flow it keeps us focused on the goal and the more and you know it decreases time to market which is good for return on investment and it also allows us to figure out earlier on if we've if, we've, if we're going in the wrong direction for some right. reason go in the wrong direction developers come on <laughs> come on good enough ship it so <laughs> so okay um uh so tom tells us we should definitely do it. Okay. He's the leader of the Belgian jug. So if anybody can make that happen, it's... We're in. Uh, we're in, yeah. Like like hackers. We're in, you know. It's done. Good. Okay. And then um, what else did we get? Oh, this question. I don't know this answer. Do you? Uh, I don't even understand the question. Ooh. When will we get the usage of properties interpolation into plug-in declarations in the built-in? I'm assuming this is like Gradle. I'm I don't know what any of those things mean. I know the word high and and I, I understand plugin and properties. Yeah, I don't know the answer. No, I don't think I'm smart enough to answer that question. And you're so new at the company. Do you even know the person that would know the answer? Yet? Well, uh, um no, is the short version of that. But I am about to be on the booth with like three Gradle build engineers. So oh, I'm jealous. And it's gonna be a really good chance to actually meet up with loads of people oh, and just to make a problem. Maybe I'll go over there and I, I have like ten different questions. I like I'm I'm you know I'm, I keep telling people I'm I'm trying to learn Gradle this year and to lose weight and I'm definitely learning Gradle. And so what I want to do is uh, get to the point where I can do all the things that I do at least once a year yeah. with Maven. Like there's some things I 
I don't need an answer for, even though I used to do it with Maven, like for example, uh, cargo. Right. You remember using Maven cargo plugin to deploy to Tomcat or whatever? God, yeah. See, I think that's the thing. I've not really done anything super chunky with Maven or Gradle. I just, with Gradle, I just yeah. start with an almost empty build file and it just does everything. That's what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we were talking when um, when I was in Miami and we had that conference call, we were talking about doing a lightning talk tonight where I might teach you yes, stuff please. about Gradle. But, yeah. Um, I just didn't have time to sort that out. <laughs> we, we, we should definitely arrange. We'll do that. Um, so we got somebody coming to the Utrecht jug. Great. Uh, Luca, see you there. We're in the right place at the right time. We're going to be getting our lift in a minute. Yeah. Half an hour. Half an hour. We got to make that good. So, okay, so um, Gradle, I, I don't know. There's some things I, I used to do with Maven. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the usual stuff I can do today just fine with Gradle. The only thing I, the only, you know, what I'm saying is there's two things. There's there's the things that I, I have done and the things that I do routinely. Right. I don't need to get, I don't need to find an analog for everything that right. I have done. I just don't do that again. I, yeah, like cargo. I'm not. I'm not interested in automatically using my build to deploy to Tomcat. JBoss AS or whatever. Okay. It's just, it's not a use case I have anymore. I use Spring Boot, so it's gone, right? Yeah. But I do publish to Maven Central. So that's my nice. last, like, one of these days, I'm just going to do a live stream and just figure out how to get a Gradle build that gives me an artifact that publishes to Maven Central correctly. I would like to work out how to do that with you. Please. because I I'm... don't know how to do that in the moment. So I am... Um... I migrated. I used to work on um, a project called Morphia. When I worked at MongoDB, there was a project called with Morphia Justin. with Justin Lee, yeah. the other Justin. Yeah. And my kids keep getting confused. Which which Justin are you talking about? So Justin Lee. And um, when I was working there, I converted the build tool to Gradle. And then just after I left, Justin turned it back to Maven. He's like, <laughs> I don't understand Gradle. And we're going back to Maven. But I did have a Gradle build on Morphia, which pushed to Maven Central. I think the MongoDB just got... MongoDB Java driver might use Gradle to do that. I know it's possible, and there's millions. I mean, yeah. but all I'm saying is that I would just like have a look on Git. Get there you go, copy paste that. That's so fine. even the Spring team, half of our projects are using Gradle. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's not hard to find. Gradle uses Gradle, I'm sure, to publish themselves to. I would assume so. So I, there's got to be a way. I just want to like figure it out. I've got this uh, palm.xml that I just copy and paste. I've got all the bits in there, and uh, that plus a password for Maven Central for the GPG. Yeah. Stuff plus um I have a shell script that uses the Maven plugins to update the it you can use the Maven plugins to update the version of the palm.xml from snapshot to right. stable, do the release, yes. then push it back to snapshot plus one. I remember so, doing all of that stuff on MongoDB. I've forgotten all of that. Right. It's gotta be possible. Right. Whoever's got that well-crafted artisanal Gradle published to Maven Central build. <clears throat> and if you'd say there's like a plugin, I can just like if it's just like here, enable this plugin, and suddenly it just brings in all the tasks you need. That, along with my GPG GPG thing, would do the job. Then sign me up. You know, that's a great. Yeah, I'm sure it's simple. I just haven't sounds, done it yet. Yeah, it sounds like a good project for, for me to have a look at. Yeah, my list of many things I won't get around to doing. Yeah, well, me too. Uh, well, I want to get around to it. Wait, so back to my holiday. Uh, enjoy your time in Netherlands. Give my regards to Michael. Uh, yeah, and to you in Utrecht, and see you in the big jug soon. Thanks, Tom. Have great fun in Portugal. By the way, you called it a love stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you all. We love you all, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's like live stream. Oh, well, that's fine. Uh, let's see. Which is more faster, Maven or Gradle? I mean, that's not controversial. It's not really. It's it's Gradle, right? Like, for... And, and... It depends on what you mean by faster. Does it build faster? <clears throat> is it faster to develop with? 
does it is it faster for you to put it together if you're familiar with maven maven will be uh, yeah but okay let's say you've got like a you know what are the, what are your like itch scratch and i'm again i i'm very happy with maven but the may the gradle daemon pays dividends it's it generally the performance with in my experience, before I worked for Gradle, I would still usually pick Gradle yeah. because it's got build caching, it's got the daemon, which goes in the background. It's it's constantly updated with yeah. newer versions of Java, um, benefits from a bunch of the performance improvements from Java as well. Um, and yeah, I've just found, and it integrates well. I mean, they both integrate really well with the IntelliJ idea, but I just I just like the way that it integrates with IntelliJ idea as well. Right, and and. Uh... As Kunal just points out, Maven is definitely making leaps and bounds. They've got the Maven Daemon now, mm -hmm. which of course was inspired by the Gradle Daemon, right? Maven D. So yeah, there's it's definitely getting there. To the, like, the differences are. Yeah, I like the Gradle wrapper as well. I know yeah. that Maven's got a wrapper as well, um, yeah. and I know some people don't like the Gradle wrapper because it means putting some of your build stuff in the code. But what I like about it is the when someone the same as we we're talking about DPE. When you download the project, you want everything there. You don't want any dependencies. You don't want to be downloading Gradle as well and yeah. downloading MongoDB or whatever. Just start that spring day. When you use Gradle or, or or Maven, we give you a reproducible build right. in the Maven wrapper and then all that stuff. So yep. it, it just makes a ton of sense, especially in the world of CI. Yes, like, exactly. I don't want to have anything installed in my CI box. I want my build to be everything it needs. You know? so I was just struggling a bit with CI because I was looking at I'm, <laughs> I've started to get familiar with GitHub Actions. I yeah. love GitHub Actions. And it's you who taught me about GitHub Actions. Oh. And you know why? Because I took your book build pipeline, mm -hmm. the ASCII doctor one, yeah. and we used it for our book. And you you made the project better even. I, remember I that did, too. but I, I need to finish committing those things back because I think I might have broken it at the moment. But oh. it will be better. Um, But you were using GitHub Actions, which I hadn't used before. Yeah. And, and that was really cool because, you know, you can configure, configure your CI pipeline right. and stuff. However, today on the plane, actually, I was looking at Morphia, which also uses GitHub Actions. Right. And one of the things I found a bit frustrating, and it's not Morpheus, but I think it's a common thing in, in the projects I've seen, is that if you put a lot of your configuration in GitHub Actions for building, for compiling, building, running your tests, yeah. then when you download it locally, you don't get any of that stuff. Have you seen Dagger? I am aware of it from, from the Android world, right? Uh, no, that's that, you're thinking of the dependency injection. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Dagger CI is this new thing from Solomon Hikes, the guy who created a uh, uh, Docker. Oh. And basically it's it's uh, it's GitHub Actions for local. And it's a completely reproducible Ooh, I like GitHub it. Action thing. You can express your, your DSL using, I didn't know you could do it with TypeScript. So there, there's the programmatic version of your build. Huh. You can use JavaScript, you can use GraphQL. Okay, and so basically so I, I don't know, whatever. I, Do you have a Kotlin version of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's, but it all runs in your local machine. So you, you yeah, it, nice. and there's even, there's a GitHub action integration for Dagger. Right. So you can say, okay, GitHub actions, delegate to this. Nice. And so you're just, it's just a carrier for and this. Does, and does it use like um, Docker to kind of spin up stuff? Oh, yep, it's all Docker. Nice. It's going to do everything locally and you can use pre-built tasks or uh, like, like, you know, you have GitHub Actions that are actually containers. Yeah. They get pulled in. You can use the yeah, yeah. same thing here, right? That's, that's what I want. I want to be able to do that locally because it's GitHub Actions is nice because you just kind of say, you have your configuration. I want one of these, one of these, spin this up and do that. And then when you download it locally, you don't have any of that. Right. It, and it feels... It, and you have to sort of buried. reproduce your CI locally right. or have right. different things and i'm currently reading mike nygaard's release it the new oh, version of release it so it's really good fantastic book and there's so much stuff in there about how you know the last thing you want and 
he said this in the original version, you want your development environment, your CI environment, your QA environment, your production environment to all be using the same types of configuration. You don't want them going off in 500 different directions. Right. Yeah. And, and Dave Farley says the same thing. That's the point about continuous delivery. It right. should be the same process from the, the development machine all the way through to production. I, and so, yeah, I tend to make my uh, GitHub actions as skeletal as possible, and they just delegate the script files, yes. shell script files that are hopefully meaningfully, yeah, or at least do meaningfully named, uh, you know, compile, build, whatever. Um, release it. This is the second edition. I'm just pasting this in the chat for for the I two did, people um, under the that have somehow never heard of it. Yeah, like I interviewed Mike Nygaard for the Go To Book Club about release it. Oh wow! So that's that's the YouTube video somewhere as well. Oh, oh, we're gonna find. I love that. the way that we're doing um live googling on. Um, that's okay. No, it's good. Not, there's a, there's no show notes. We should normalize it. Um, yeah. I just want people to like, and I, I'm putting them on screen so that when people watch this, you know, later on, yeah, they, they don't have to. Him. They don't have to have been in the chat. Oh, I love it. I don't know how to. I don't know how to like enable it so that people watching can post links. That's the other thing is I'm not allowed to do that because they're worried oh, about spam. Yeah, that seems yeah, but I mean, but if someone posts a link, oh, okay. Okay, there we go. So there's that, and then you did a video. You said with uh, Mike, yeah. Uh, it's was um, Nothing My God, uh, go to book line. Yeah, come on, Josh, type, go to. I'm typing in like a 45 degree angle. It's very strange. Here we go. This one? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yes. Okay. And paste. So good. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think Dagger is, I'm going to try it out. I haven't tried it out yet because I, Frankly, I quite like GitHub Actions, and I already do a good enough job of extracting out the into scripts so that I, right, so you, you know, can do stuff locally if you need to. Uh, yeah, but, but one, I'm one of the things that we've been trying to do with um, one of the pushes that you can do with Gradle Enterprise is to push towards um, build local. We've got some T-shirts for build local, right? You know, like shop local, <laughs> but build local. <laughs> because why should you have to push everything up to CI to make sure that everything works? Right. You really want to be able to do. A, at the very least, some kind of like bare minimum to make sure that everything's running, right? And um, before having to push it to CI, I think. Um, but if if you've if you've got a lot of stuff in GitHub Actions, you're going to have to rely on pushing it to GitHub right. to to get your sanity check that everything's working. And of course, you've got you don't always it's not always going to be scheduled straight away. It's just, your build might take a small amount of time. Sure, to which is irritating. But get kicked out of the flow. Exactly. So it's, it's all about flow. It all comes down to flow and context switching and, yeah. and fast feedback. Whereas if I run it on my machine, I'm the, I'm the only operator. It is right. nice at the top, there. Of, top of the priority list. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Not to mention latency. The other thing is with Dagger, with uh, GitHub Actions, so much of your build is hidden behind these inscrutable black box right. GitHub and again, Actions, which if are something breaks, benefit. you're like, I'm not sure what I broke. <laughs> Did I break yeah, anything? I don't know. And even GitHub itself, not very often. I'm not. I'm not saying it happens a lot, but it it does happen that even core GitHub Actions. So this is confusing. Do you remember that weird period of time where everything under the programming division of Microsoft was ended with .NET? Yes. So there, you had .NET framework and .NET this IDE and .NET services and .NET yes. messaging. Well, everything was .NET, .NET, .NET. So, so what I'm saying is GitHub Actions is the product you can sign up for and use for free on GitHub. But, but they have actions, actions, which are provided by... that. Yeah, and these are just basically containers or programs that get run as steps in your build, right? So there are GitHub Actions, and some of them are great. I mean, really useful stuff that people have published under their own accounts, yeah. and they just solve all sorts of problems, and they're like Lego bricks. But sometimes those change. Right. 
and uh, sometimes they don't work with the with whatever whatever yeah. else you're doing or if you're using an ambient version of something else that you need to upgrade it to, to use their new one and then suddenly you have to they've changed it in the meantime as well yeah you know. one of the other things we found with github actions because we were using the free version when helen and i were building the book yeah um is with the free version you have limited time and, and limited space as well so sometimes we would get errors in our github actions oh, exactly. space. yeah space or oh, like artifacts yeah because because what we were doing is we were actually we were trying to save copies of the binaries of the artifacts of the book oh right and it got big it was like a hundred meg oh in the was that the one where you check it into the git repository yeah oh, okay so, so right so we were following your process of checking into the git repository um and that worked but then when there was a couple of edge cases sure. and then then i actually changed it i moved a lot of what you were doing straight into github actions and started publishing it as an artifact instead nice. of pushing it to a to a separate repository right um and but then we ran photo really quickly because <laughs> there's only so much you can do oh i wonder if you could publish it as a package on github packages but how do you do private packages i don't know whatever there's also an s3 thing I, the one i use is no you had the s3 thing i right. didn't have s3 so i was like i'm not doing that yeah. i liked that your github one it was pushing it to the github branch yeah because the other thing is if you did a fetch of all the updates for the you book you can see it you right know, that it's built successfully I, I i need to build like a cli like remember so for those those lucky few who haven't done this uh uh, uh o'reilly has a atlas and they have a command line tool and you can actually say atlas whatever and it'll give you a preview of the pdf yeah it'll kick off the job on the cloud somewhere and then like a minute later it'll, it'll dump out a, a pdf and i'm sure it wouldn't be hard to like i'm thinking about taking your build pipeline that you did for ascii doctor you and i you and i helped like you worked on it you did most of it i'm thinking about taking that bad stuff. oh so I, I did um when i actually so your build pipeline we use in ci because it uses get github actions and mm -hmm. we kick it off straight away and it means that we can see that we haven't broken them broken the book with any of the changes we right. made to the script which is so bad however when we actually the version we actually published because it ended up being such a huge artifact um we run from the command lines straight up ascii doctor command okay to to publish the ebook and the and the pdf and we did a little bit of messing around with that but i reckon i could probably simplify some of that and shove that straight into github actions without having to do as much as we're currently doing in the pipeline Ooh. i can't remember what it was though that stuff it, yeah anything we anything to make it simpler would be great but it's all it's all about um feedback right yeah, yeah. i mean because we i was doing something a bit dumb in terms of i had um a bunch of binaries in our in our repo in, binaries or artifacts like um, I, I had pdfs but i had binaries because i was using wow. i was using indesign to do some of the images and i was saving the indesign file in right. in the repo and then um, our build times were going from, well, they went from five minutes all the way up to 40 minutes. And I was like, what's taking all this time? It shouldn't take 40 minutes. This is one of these really interesting discovery things. I love looking at builds. Right. That's why I do this job. Right. <laughs> and it turns out because the build pipeline just does a git fetch. Right. But it doesn't have a depth on it. So it gets all of the binaries since the beginning of time. Oh. It's taking like 25 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a... You know, it's such an easy mistake to make. Right. Not a mistake, because it, it probably works for you. I just put a depth of... Um, is that like in the Java code? It was in the... Because it's, it's all Java. a recent version of JGit. Right. So you were using JGit to... to it's a little classic. Little it's outdated. old, isn't it? I was yeah. A long time ago. And I had to use a recent version, which allows you to add depth. 
Oh, that would be a PR. That would be great I've, to I've have. got that. I want to. Oh, I want to submit that. That's, see, that's so cool, right? Like, I know it took the build time from like forty minutes down to five. So my build didn't great because I was all just text. I didn't have any. It just works for you. Yeah. InDesign, yeah, is awesome. InDesign is great. Yeah, super software. Like I'm used it for HeadFest Java. That's how I started using it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I used it for. I, I helped. I was the editor for the you know school newspaper. Right. You know, like things like that. that. Yeah, it was great. Um, it's but that's another one of those things where. Look, I, I know people on the on the uh, stream right now are going to balk at this because it's all relative. But for Western Europe or for the states, fifty bucks a month is it's not nothing. But for, for every piece of software Adobe makes, yeah, and then for every piece of software that JetBrains makes for fifty bucks each, it, it just seems like you could be a graphic designer and programmer and never bought, never be wanting for tools. I bought, I bought InDesign. I bought it with a twelve-month license. Yeah. But I every year I think should I buy Lightroom as well because I've I've got the classic license for Lightroom before there was subscription. Right. And I use it for managing my photos, but it is one of those things. Where it's like when you use it, it just makes your life so much easier. So much better. You just pay for it, right? Just yeah. Pay for software man, we're software developers. We should pay for software. And I was, I was, I mean, uh, you no longer work for them, so I'm not, I'm not like uh, uh, buttering you up or anything. JetBrains is great about making it easy for people to get access to their bits, right? Like, yeah, uh, you can't, you can't go to, there was a time when I couldn't go to a Java user group and not get a free license. Right. They just gave them away, even before it was open source. You, there was no reason you couldn't get a license to IntelliJ yeah. for years, you know, and uh, it, it being open source is a relatively new thing in the last yeah. 10 years, whatever. Yeah, I think um, 10 years, something like that. And then even before that, I, I just remember every job you use, if you work in open source, if you... Yeah, exactly. If you, if you work student. in open source, if you're a student or a teacher, yeah. if you um, work for not-for-profit, I think, if you, like you said, user groups, if you're a user group, if you run a user group, you should, and you don't already get IntelliJ IDEA licenses, you should write to JetBrains and um, they'll give you a number of IntelliJ licenses to give away every month. Plus the organizers get free licenses. It just... It's, it's really, and that's for the professional one. There is now an open source community edition, yeah. which is just fine for great if, many things. If you want to use Ultimate, just sign up for the EAP version. If yeah. you don't qualify for any other free version, just sign up for the early access because mm. that's free. Really? What a life hack. Yeah. That's amazing. There's yeah. only about three weeks of the year where there isn't an early access running. <laughs> so, so you can pretty much use early access all year round. I mean, the early access can be... You know, there's, it's, it's early. It's yeah. early access. It's fine. Right? Sometimes yeah. you get some pop-ups with a little bunch of errors in. Which but is then, fine. Okay, that's right. If, so, you, if you don't want to pay for your software, you have to put up with a few errors popping up in your face. And it works fine. I mean, yeah. Fine. No, no warranties or anything, but it works fine. Um, So Simon is saying, uh, if there's any chance for a short book on the making of the book. Oh, yes. You and I should do like a, a stream or something. Gosh, if we'd only thought of that, if only we... I had planned that 40 minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Although we, um, let's get those PRs in. Yes, I, I would like to, need to go back to that because I've got it working again. It works on my machine. Right. <laughs> and it works with our build. I did some really, I realized how much I understood about Java when I realized that I, in order to get stuff working, I had to take class files and like move them into the package structure to get stuff to work because of things like, I think it was, for example, for this JGit thing, because JGit wasn't updated mm -hmm. and I needed to like hack the source codes of JGit to allow me to do something. What? And it wasn't like hacky, but you know, like you, 
you know you can do like package shadowing and stuff and so right. you write the same class but in the same oh, package and okay. and so it picks it up the the jvm picked it up ahead of the, right. the other one so i did a bunch of that with um some stuff to get that working anyway so i have to figure out exactly what i did and, yeah. and get your thing working but yes i would love to do that i did write a blog post on trishg.com about some of the stuff that we would we use to put together the book but it wasn't as in-depth as I wanted it to be because when I wrote it, I couldn't remember anything. That it, was, it was right at the end of publishing the book. And right, I was like, you're exhausted. <laughs> I, I think I remember you writing a book as hard. Is that right? Uh, when, December 2022? It's probably the one after that, mm. which is probably... Oh, hold on. No, the tools and process for collaborating on a book. Oh, that might have been... That was about using code with me, actually. Oh, cool. But I think it might also have been... Sorry, I'm just taking everything. We're tools. looking for the blogs. Uh, get her repositories. Yeah, there we go. Okay. And look, you beautiful ask your doctor Pat, <laughs> and all of that stuff. So that's the one. That's a start. Uh, I pay and still often use the EAP. EAP. Me too. Uh, I actually, I stopped using the EAP. When I joined Gradle, I stopped using the EAP for JetBrains because for IntelliJ idea because I was like, I don't have to use the EAP anymore. Right. Because yeah. I always used to have to use it to get to get the new features. Right. Um. But I sort of miss it because it's nice having the new stuff earlier. And I'm using the new UI because you were yeah. using the new UI. I love the new UI. Because I couldn't use the new UI because when we were writing the book, it needed to be the classic UI. Right, right. So I couldn't use it. And I was also a bit like, oh, I don't want the new UI. No, like, no. And then you were using it. I was like, oh, this is really nice. It's slick. It's nice and streamlined and it kind of just gets out of your way. And it's lovely. It's like fleet minus minus. I, I'm waiting for fleet, but fleet is just not there I, yet. Fleet is not my thing. Not because it's. It's just I'm not the target audience. I'm used to an old-fashioned chunky Java IDE, you know, and then well, Fleet's still Java, right? No, yeah, no, yeah, but I haven't used I haven't used VS Code or anything like that. So I haven't used any lightweight editors. So I'm like, where is all my stuff? Okay, so I think they. So for me, the uh, it's chasing a market that I didn't think I was a part of until I wrote a book, right? Which is, I might want to develop different things at the same time. Yeah, and so okay. So, for example, IntelliJ is a great way to write Java code. Yes, it has a very comp, very good ASCII doc editor. That the was plugin for, is so good. It, it it is, but it was plagued for a long time with memory issues, and right. I have to occasionally shut down IntelliJ. And plus, it's just not as fast as like Sublime, right? right? I, and I don't need the visualization. I just want to like type. Yeah, I have to is. wait for the thing to render twenty pages. It just like crawl. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, look, this is great, but I I would just use Sublime. I'm happy there for writing text or Emacs. Actually, I wrote a good chunk of my book right. in Emacs. That's a Text editor, not a Java IDE, right? Yeah. I don't need to launch this two gigabyte thing when I can just use this two megabyte. I, thing I never had a, I, we did it all in IntelliJ, but having said that, I did use a preview quite a lot. Yeah. And um, nice. Helen and I were using um, Code With Me to do um, pair programming on it, which is pair writing. It. Oh, see, that's valuable. I was just me and voices. Yeah. I was by myself, you know? Helen was my voice. No choice. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> too much, like, too much yeah. information. <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> oh, you poor thing! Oh my goodness! Well, you know, I, I, I so I, I had two, I, I had two tool windows, and you know how it is. Like, uh, now, now my other tool windows chat GPT, and I saw a plugin for IntelliJ, and I'm like, oh, this is yes, I saw that yesterday. That's ridiculous. I'm in trouble. Like, if they make it that easy to plug that in, I'm, I'm torn about chat. Oh. I just, I'm a little bit old school. I'm a bit like, I don't need no help with nothing. I, but then on the other hand, I was talking to Justin Rio, uh -huh. and he was like. He has 
tried it for writing copy and yeah. blog posts and stuff. And I was like, how dare you? I can write my own copy. But then I realized that what I use Helen for is I tell Helen all the stuff. Yeah. And then she puts it into a form and then I go in and correct it and make it the way that I want it to be. And I'm like, I don't need Helen anymore. Sorry, Helen. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's happy to be here. Because then we can we can parallelize. Like she can do her thing and I can do my thing and we can use ChatGPT to do stuff together. Helen GPT. Yeah. GPT. Um, I so I, I I love I quite like ChatGPT just because it's not, it's not like I can get it to do the whole thing, but if it's just like meaningless, I, the one that I keep going back to was when I first when it first dawned on me how powerful this was. I took, I had a Jason stanza, and I was like I, I don't want to I, I got to write code to parse it with Jackson. It's not going right. to be hard. It'll be like 15, 20 minutes. Have you tried it with finding regular expressions? Because that sounds like a good thing it, to do. I'm sure it could do that. But I just gave it the stanza and it said, give me a parser. And it did. And, right. I said, and then it took the parser and I said, now write me a unit test. And it did. Yeah. Worked flawlessly the first time. Like, nice. That's just free. It's free 20 minutes of my life back, you know. Yeah, that's, that's DPE. That's, that's real. Right. Exactly. It's just AI. So that's why I developed great old enterprises. You know, I, I'm really all in on that now that I see the possibility of like having the sentient or not. Sorry. Did I say sentient? Having Intelligent. service, you know, monitoring my, the sentient service, monitoring my build. Right. You know, not, right. it's not sentient. I'm just it's not sentient. Yet. You need you need humans to do the actual, like, what does this mean? Thing? For now. Yeah. Wink. Uh, um, yeah, it's going to be oh, fine. I feel like I nearly missed my window to put, to put the um, link to a 10% discount on my book. Oh, right. I was supposed to prompt you. I know, but the fact that I we didn't... spoke about it was good enough. Uh, um, which I have not mentioned by name. It's Getting to Know Intelligent Idea by Trisha G and Helen Scott. Right. And and, um, and the reason you're qualified to do this is because besides being amazing engineers, all uh, and also working at JetBrains for a good spell, you're yeah, well, there. Seven years. Right. So I, I did that. You know, I knew Intelligent Idea really well before I got to JetBrains, and then I got to know it even better. I'm going to put this link on screen, right? Yeah. There. Yes. So I'll give you 10% off the book. 10%. Yeah, that's good. That's um But if you're a student, you should get in touch because we've got deals for you. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great book. I've I've read it. Uh, oh, oh, lots of it because I was you 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 gave me a copy and I was I felt like I needed to I mean it was like I you know, I I plus I remember all the uh, discussions around synchronizing the images and making sure they lined up with everything yeah and i was like oh if it's a visual thing it sounded like you put a lot of work into the images so i wanted to like i figured it couldn't be that text heavy if it's a lot of images That's i can do images. images yeah images make me feel better i'm a very simple person you know colored pixels good text bad you know uh so i gotta say that um so i was all on board with doing lean pub because when I spoke to you about the about kicking off the book a couple right. years ago you said a couple years ago already what, it took us two years to write the book it was ridiculous <laughs> and and you said to us it's going to take you way longer to write the book than you think. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can do this by the end of the year. This sure. is in 2020. And we're <laughs> in 2022. So, yeah, it took us a while. Um, but you were the one who said, you know, Lean Pub's great and you can do the physical copy on uh, KDP, yeah. Kindle Desktop Publishing. And mm -hmm. and I was, and because you had that in the build pipeline as well, but it's a bit complicated because mm -hmm. you need a, a Kindle thing and a, yeah. a little bit like, Kindle. I was like, oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> but they've changed their processes and you just upload a PDF. And then they just print the book for you. And that was effing finally absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, I spent quite a lot of time going through and making sure the page breaks are in the right places right. because ASCII Doctor does not do that for you. But having the physical book, when you're talking about the, the oh. graphics and how it looks, and right. like 
on laying out I mean, like having the physical book is just so much more gratifying but oh, yeah. do buy the ebook because that's what the discovery is for right um but it's nice to have this book in your hands and generally those are cheaper anyway like ebooks well, ebooks are cheaper yeah and also uh not that you should care in your buying decision dear audience but at least for my book i make more money when you buy the the lean pub the lean pub ebook yeah right whereas the amazon famously not very generous it's not very and the and the money goes to amazon too. yeah i was really torn about putting it on amazon because ah. i'm not a big fan i feel like they should pay their warehouse staff a lot more yeah, certainly yeah and the delivery and all that yeah it's but anyway it's, you know that's a bit political but oh, I'm not a big fan it's not really important i mean i don't think we should be i don't think it's political to say people should be to in earn, the car they, they yeah. deserve to earn a good living wage for doing yeah, a good job fine i just didn't want to get all depressed like yes yeah, no it's, there's nothing objectionable to the idea that you're espousing or that i'm espousing it's just it's just a it's just kind of a bummer here in amsterdam it's yeah it's nice it was it was supposed to be raining today today and it was it? great today it's not it's been it's a bit windy I looked at the yeah. weather because I've, I've come from Seville where it's currently 27 degrees C <laughs> and it said it was going to be 11 degrees and raining and I was like, what am I doing? Uh, what did Simon say? I didn't see what he said. He's currently he, reading it. Yeah, interesting read, he says, and a nice, and by the way, that weather, oh, it's perfect. Uh, nice, he, he, he I, I pinned his, I know, I was, I just, his kind comment. He says, currently I didn't put reading myself. So I have to read it like this. Oh, he said, currently reading it myself. Interesting read and nice alongside some recent IntelliJ talks. The new right. UI is pretty neat. The new UI is nice. Yeah. When it is the default on. You'll update the book, maybe? We'll update the book. That's the plan. Um, yeah. The book is still like 90% relevant anyway. The main thing would be not so much about positions of buttons, but more like if the if the flow of things has changed. Right. Or the menu options or whatever. Yeah. But like most of that still, when, when I switched to the new UI, I was expecting to be more like, where is all my stuff? Because <laughs> I tend to hide everything away anyway and right. use keyboard shortcuts. It doesn't doesn't make that much difference. It's, it's actually what I want because uh, I know the key, uh, like you, by the way, I, I, I like you, I know my key commands. Right. Unlike you, I, I learned this from you. I also now show the key presenter thing. Yeah, present, yes. Yeah, whatever um, that is called. Present, no, it's not called presenter mode. I can't remember. I can't remember anything. I feel like my brain fell asleep today. Um, It's not presentation mode. Yes, not key presenter. Key presenter X, it used to be. Key promoter, no, that's a different thing. That's so that you can learn the keyboard shortcuts. Right. No, it's, there's something that allows people who are on stage showing code in the IDE to pop up a little tool presentation tip showing assistant that sure yeah presentation assistant it's a it's a plugin for IntelliJ yeah and it's fantastic and I and and it, again it's not like I need to learn it's 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 a very niche use case which is for presenters for people who are watching us code yeah or pair programming right pair programming you want, I, I learned most of my stuff pairing with people like Dave Farley sure. and they were like doing stuff with the ideas like stop yeah. what did you just do yeah. <laughs> Why is the computer on fire? Yes. How did this happen? Uh, okay, as a fervent defender, Alexander says, uh, I'm afraid about the current use in the future code because without checking it, it can introduce some blind security problems in the code. Is it, are we talking about chat, chat GPT? I suspect. So I'm a big believer in TDD too. Yeah. I wonder if you could use chat GPT the other way around. What if you wrote your tests first and then got chat GPT to generate your code for you? Instead of generating tests for your code. I mean, I suspect because it can do one, it probably yeah. can backwards track into the other one. It would make way more sense to me because I'm a big believer in TDD. Yeah. It makes way more sense for me to outline all the, the, the happy paths and then more importantly, all the unhappy paths. You shouldn't do this. Don't do that. And if someone puts one of these in, it's going to break. 
then you could write all your tests first and then say to ChatGPT, write something which passes all these tests. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but wow, it'll be lovely. Because I'd be writing my TKD in terms of like an interface, right? And so, right. so it would have to synthesize the implementation, right. including knowing which dependencies are going to be required to make that implementation do its tricks, you know? Right. You'd have to be because, like... I mean, one of the things I like about IntelliJ is it works so well for TDD because yeah. you write your tests and, and, and generate your API and you don't yeah. have to do your implementations. You just sort of say, right. you stub out your API and um, and then all your, all your code compiles, but um, well, your, your test well, should be for yourself. Um, uh, and then you can get ChatGPT to just write, just write your implement implementations. That'd be amazing. I, I think that would be a better way around in my personal. I would not trust tests written by a bot. Yet. Well, I do trust that. I mean, the tests were... I don't trust tests which are written afterwards, full stop. Because sure. as a developer, you do tend to go, I'm just going to write the tests that are going to pass. Because right. I know what the code does. I love TDD because I always used to second guess myself. I'd write some code and then I'd be like, but what if? And then what if? And what if? And that's exactly what you codify in your right. TDD. Like, um, okay, should not fall over when someone puts a negative number in. Or yeah. Should strip white spaces. Don't you hate web forms that don't strip white spaces off your whatever, right. off yeah. your password or whatever? For goodness sake, you write those tests for that sort of thing. Okay, we have more. So I still don't understand the question, but it's nice that we're clear about what I don't understand. <laughs> By the way, good morning from Brazil. Oh, hello. Hello. Good afternoon from Amsterdam. And uh, I am confusing Gradle config with model module directives. How can I map Java module directives and Gradle configurations to declare dependencies? I don't understand. I know what Java module directives. You mean like Java module directives? You mean like in Java 9 modules? JPMS? Yeah, JPMS. Um, How, what does the export directive correspond to in Gradle? Mm. In JPMS, I assume. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do have a project which uses um, Java modules and multiple Gradle modules. Yeah. So um, it's kind of possible. I could. I, I could actually just. I'm just taking Please. over again. Uh, I don't know if it's going to answer the question, but maybe it's a starting point. Uh, GitHub. Oh my God, I'm already on GitHub. I can't type. What's wrong with me today? Is my keyboard maybe the same as yours? Um. It's like if you're in France, it's definitely not, right? I want to say yes. Right. Do you um, use the Azerty in Spain or is that just the uh, French? I try and get a British keyboard. Oh, okay. Because I don't need the Enya specifically. And the Enya is always where the colons are, which freaks me out because it's <laughs> supposed to be a colon. So uh, let me have a look. I think this is the one I'm thinking of. And I've got uh, Java 9. Oh, let me just uh, and put this in here. And okay, so if we show that, yep, show it. So I have a project here which has got it uses Java modules from the newish Java module system, right? And and Gradle.
when I took my selfie in the airport today, I was like, oh my God, there's loads of wrinkles there. Stop it. <laughs> uh, do you have thread that sleep is a native method? What does that mean? Don't use thread dot sleep. Yeah. And I don't know what it means, but don't use thread dot sleep. It's, it's a very good way to make your code terrible at performance. Yeah. I, uh, I just noticed that we're actually sat next to a bathroom. It's great. Is it? It's not great. No, something shouldn't be open sourced. Um, okay. Uh, so as also native methods, just is it public native, like a JNI method? Is that what he's saying? I don't think it is though, is it? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what it's doing. We sound really stupid, don't we? We well, do know how to program in Java, don't we? I've been told we're okay, but I don't, <laughs> I'm less convinced every day. And now, now that that robot's out there doing things that I can't do, I'm. Yeah, but we yeah. can do really smart stuff, like say, don't do it that way. Yeah, try again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then this is, uh, we might have an answer for this. Do you have hands-on videos with intelligent TDD? Yes. Yeah. I've been wanting to, I wanted to do one of these since right at the beginning of working at JetBrains. Um, I definitely have done this. Mm -hmm. Which of the 75 videos I did for JetBrains is, I don't think I called it IntelliJ and TDD. I think I might have done it in, let's see if we can Google this as well. YouTube, oops. You know what, I'm not going to YouTube, I'm just going to Google it. Yeah. I think it was uh, Trisha, IntelliJ, um, unit testing. I did do some there. Unit testing and coverage? Could do. I might have this. I might have done it in this one. But I've definitely it's it, I definitely be the have right covered it. I won't have called it TDD and IntelliJ idea because a lot of people aren't very happy about TDD. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really wanna I just do it really sneakily. Like in the book, the tutorials, I did those as TDD. I was like, you are going to write your tests first. Right, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to buy the book, we do TDD in the book. Nice. So the book is kind of like a, with all those pictures and TDD, it's kind of like a like a printed YouTube video. It's going to be yeah. instructional. And, and then we point to, at the end of each chapter, we point to the various YouTube videos we already have. So because, good. like, the book was quite hard because I'm so used to doing stuff with video now after yeah. doing it for seven years, and you just show this and do that. And the book is like, well, I'm not going to show a screenshot for everything. How do I give people an idea of the flow? Right. So we tried not to reproduce any videos in the book. We tried to give people like pointers and then say, here's the video which shows that. Right. There's a bunch of other videos here Helen and I would like to do that the book kind of exposed that there were videos that we haven't covered before. Um, and I think probably TDD and IntelliJ Idea is probably one of them. Could be great. I, uh, for, for if, if you don't mind, my particular bend on uh, TDD is out there if anybody cares. Get something out of it, probably not, but uh, nice, just put, put that there in case. By the way, that you just struck at something that is mm, like very real, which is do you ever look at the list of videos that you might do and go, Oh, I just there's just no way, yeah, I'll never get it. Uh, there's just a million topics I would love to do a video on. The, the seven years that I worked at Jet Brains, my list of videos I needed to do got, got longer. longer, yeah, 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 yeah exactly, because they're almost you're always thinking you get more videos you want to do. And then, of course, on top of that, your videos become a little bit out of date. Of course. So, like, I had to, um, one of my most popular videos is actually Gradle in IntelliJ Idea. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I don't remember if I ever actually got around to re-recording that, but that needed to be redone because everything changed. And I was like, well, it's fine. It'll probably be okay. I'd rather do some new stuff than keep re-recording the other things. It's a bit of a bummer because YouTube is not conducive to like maintaining maintaining a video. You can't tend it. You Once it's right. out there, it's done. Like with a blog post, you can update it. Yeah. And, and say and even books, you yeah. can update, you, you know, sure, like an edition. Yeah. But a video, it's like, yeah, no, it's just not relevant anymore. Yeah. It's not really true. You want to be able to, one of the things I do with my videos is try and put it in segments. And the idea being that maybe you might want to re-record some of those segments, but you never do. Never. Oh, it, but like, I was, I get that people, I get that YouTube doesn't want people like uh, saying something stupid and then uh, disavowing right. having said that by producing a new video. Right. Right. But. But just let me keep. Let me just keep the two versions. Show yeah. version two by default, but let there be a drop down showing version one. Right. And, and that way, I don't that have to like lose, and then send a notification to people saying, "Hey, updated version of your video is available." Yeah, that would be great. Wouldn't that solve the problem? Like yeah. people are still being held to account. You can't say you, stupid things without being fair. Say second edition. Yeah. Same way you do with a book, or or even a sequel. You know. Yeah, a sequel. Yeah. yeah there's more just because you can do series, but that's not really the same thing. A series would be. I mean, oh, I did a tutorial on the stuff that we did together. Right. Um, and I did that as a as a 10-piece series. The reactive... Uh, reactive spring Java effects. Java effects. So cool. Thing. It was fun. fun. I still use that. I'm going to be using it in the Utrecht demo tonight, actually. Because it's one of the few Maven projects I've got. Because <laughs> you wrote it. Sorry. Well, the, no, it's good because I can use it in the, as a Maven demo. Oh, is that because you're going to talk about... Oh, wait, I don't want to spoil the I'm plot. I'm going to speed up. I'm going to hopefully this time to do the a bit of live code i'm going to use a uh, gradle enterprise to speed up the maiden build i can't wait which and speaking of i don't think they can wait either so we probably need to like wrap this up and I'm get ready for we've been picked up yeah momentarily oh hang on here he is anybody else have any questions going once 15 minutes late so yes okay um what a lovely audience you've been they're also great I, we have the best community this java community I got here late. So which book you're referring to? Is it available already? It is available already. It's called Getting to Know IntelliJ Idea. Uh, and um, it is a fantastic book. It is Thumbs a fantastic book. Uh, I'm going to paste that. There you go. There's the LeanPub. If you go to that link there on the screen, leanpub.com forward slash getting to know IntelliJ Idea, all lowercase, no, no space, forward slash C, forward slash A, capital E, D, zero, H, R, GS capital B nine R zero. You'll get ten percent discount. Ten percent discount, which is worth it, uh, because money is you know that's inflation is insane. Like you know yeah, need, need no a joke. bank loan to buy eggs now. So yeah, um, enjoy. And then what else? What else do we get? What else? What I watch is that German. That the. That the dev community is still continuing to discuss about TDD, but the next level kind of evolution is TCR. Oh, I don't know what TCR is. Test container? What is TCR? Jeez, I'm scared. <laughs> don't Google random acronyms. Technique uh, College Rotterdam? I don't think it is. No? Okay. T cell receptors? Maybe it's test chat GPT repeat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That sounds about right. Well, on that bombshell. <laughs> we just invented a new paradigm. Yeah. Does IntelliJ Idea by JetBrains got silver play button? You mean the YouTube channel? Like the... I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Isn't that the, is that the prize you get for like a number of subscribers? Or really? What? I don't know. But they did just go over 100,000 right. subscribers. Maybe that's the thing to achieve. Test, commit, revert. Oh. Simon needs to do a video and teach me. 
Yeah. Come on, man. Ooh. What now? Here. Yeah. Wait, no, jump on and give yeah, us a demo. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back in an hour. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll uh, let's go learn that and do a video. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. What could go wrong? Um. Yes. So anyway, uh. By the way, if they did cross hundred thousand, congrats. Well, well earned. Good job. We worked hard. Yeah, I'm sure you all did. It's a great channel. Um. With that, thank you. Thank you. It's always fun. Always fun. And it's, for us, it's going to keep going for all of you. Unless you're at the jug tonight. Yeah. Then, uh, you know. In which case, come say hello. Yeah. See. Hope you had fun. Bye, everybody. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.